The Curious Case of the Spanish Fund. Capital idea, my dear Watson. Attack of the Pod People. These are just three of 22 thrilling tales of impact. They're all lovingly compiled in EVPA's 2022 annual report. We tried to have some fun with it. On the occasion of the report's release, our CEO and fearless leader, Roberta Basergi, joined me for a conversation reflecting on a year of impact, a year of stories, and a year leading the ever-evolving EVPA. This is Impact People, special annual report edition. Stay with us. Roberta, an annual report is a snapshot of a year. What are some of your standout memories of EVPA in 2022? The images, the sounds, what stands out for you? Oh, wow. I mean, that's a, that's a good question, considering we're now kind of is, uh, is March and 2022 sometimes feels like a long time away, some long time ago. But, uh, I mean, I can't help but thinking of Impact Week, uh, in Brussels as really a highlight, uh, um, of kind of bringing together our community, the, 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 the they've, pictures of the Magritte Museum and the, the symbolism, the kind of impact extravagance in terms of the program, the, 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 the people, the artistic, the impact story. I, it just was amazing. And it was a, a fabulous way to, to close a very busy year that saw us through an emotional roller coaster starting from the war and then first the excitement of reopening after COVID, then the invasion. So I think Impact Week provides a good flavor, a good summary of what uh, the year was like. But I should tell you many, many moments of uh, of up and down. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm with you there that it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster, and it really felt like this place where everybody came together for the first time in, in a while. Um, what did we have like 800 something attendees? And it was, it was the first time a lot of those people had all seen each other since before the pandemic in some cases, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was the first time we actually went back to a fully in-person gathering and kind of the desire, obviously, for the community to come together and to connect was obvious because we are more than 800 participants uh, in person in Brussels. And it, it got to a point that we had unfortunately turned people away for safety reason. It was complete. It took the old success and the enthusiasm took us by surprise, really. But it was amazing. It was amazing. This year's annual report takes the form of 22 stories of impact. I'm wondering if you have a favorite story of all time and why. <laughs> you cannot ask me that because I actually, I, uh, I love the way uh, the annual report is, is built this year because it's not just a collection of 22 stories, but it's also uh, really the first time we bring to the community and bring to life our new 
theater change and our new strategy. So I love the way it's organized uh, uh, around areas of focus from capital mobilization to stakeholders mobilization to breaking the silos, the new programs in the neighborhood. So I think the story provides a good flavor and maybe a better way for me to answer the question would be to give you two or three that brings to life the more ambitious um, agenda that we as EPA have embarked on uh, over the past uh, 12, 18 months. Um, and I won't be a spoiler because I want people to go out and read our annual report, but I think, <laughs> so I'm not going to, I'm going to say too much about it, but I hope that what will come out is truly this more focus on the mobilization of capital and resources for impact. Uh, this is for me the strongest uh, element that I hope uh, permeates clearly from from our stories, kind of how we we would like to play with our members, with our partners, this role of really accelerating um, for impact coming all. I think we've been talking about impact for many years, but now I think it's becoming more obvious that we are standing on a burning platform and that we can be complacent. We really have to, to rejoice of successes, but keep going uh, forward. So I think... There are many, many things, many stories that I feel very proud of. What we are doing, for example, with our foundations, um, members and with our partners in, in this space to mobilize more endowment for impact. So this is clearly an area that is more to come and more to see, but I, I love how we are engaging the community to connect them with the, the impact investing along the spectrum of capital to really align to mission the, the capital of all capital foundations. I like the bootcamps, uh, the new format of uh, EU funding bootcamp that we launched last, at the end of last year with unprecedented success and unprecedented support from EIF our partner uh, to facilitate that movement. Um, and I'm very proud also the collaboration that we are building into the ecosystem. So the first data harmonization report on market sizing that came out last year is the product of two years of collaboration and discussions and alignment on definition on market collection that again, is really the way to go if we want to be build the market with the ecosystem with a collective um, with the collective intelligence of many stakeholders and partners. So I think this is just a start, but I have more and more for people to read. <laughs> uh, that, that is an excellent start, and and yes, in I can I can say for our listeners that in the annual report, all of those stories are elaborated in in some detail to read more, and some of them are stories in progress. I know what you mentioned about the foundation space that. Um, Mobilizing endowments catalytically is something that we're discussing quite a lot. Um, so more to come there. But I'll still press you on this idea of maybe is there 
a lot of the work of breaking silos, of building partnerships, a lot of this happens behind the scenes. It's, it's not always the most visible thing. Is there any untold story that you would want to draw our listeners' attentions to, attention to? Yes, and sometimes the untold stories, I feel like uh, they're nearly the most powerful way because they're the one that sometimes you stumble across rather than curate or orchestrate. Um, and I can probably tell a couple, of, share a couple of examples of, for example, members that uh, uh, the community of practice of healthcare that span out of a few sessions um, with members and with the community organized by VPA that brought together like-minded individual and organization coming from the full spectrum. So some corporates, some foundations, some impact funds coming together to co-fund and co-invest in enterprises in the healthcare space. So this is now a very healthy community practice uh, that is um, formalizing and structuring their governance. They are starting to co-invest in concrete deals. And this is something that is not um, easy to, I mean, it's not uh, something you plan to happen, but uh, is, uh, is an amazing success. Or even, you know, I was approached recently at an event by one of the enterprises that uh, hosted a session at the Impact Week, and the founder came and looked for me to say, listen, something I want to share, like after what happened after that session, and the fact that they managed to attract an investor that then um, supported them and made even more beautiful impact on the ground happen for women in agribusiness. So is you know, there are, and there are many of the stories that unfortunately not always uh, we are able to capture. Yeah. Well, back to a bit more detail on the annual report in, in particular, and I think this actually is related. I went back to the report before this, before 2022's, 2021's annual report, um, just to follow up on whether we're closing our own say-do gap. And I noticed that we wrote about a shift from enabling impact to mobilizing it or something similar to that. Um, a year later, what are some of the ways we did this? Yeah, I think uh, um, there was an intentional um, outreach and shift towards all actors that play a role on the continuum of capital for impact. So there was much more intentionality in bringing to the table um, any stakeholder that uh, had the resources to invest for impact. So practically all the stories that people will read, either targeting foundation or impact funds, or even the work that we are kicking off in Middle East and North Africa and Eastern Partnership, is is all kind of a targeted outreach map of impact where you say, okay, how do we address the funding gap that we are facing? Who, which stakeholder, which capital provider, which intermediary, which capacity builder, which academics can really address these specific gaps and that. So a more proactive, uh, targeted outreach. Uh, and 
maybe I hope, and it's still very much our journey, a bit more courage to put the critical spotlight on the gaps and what we should do more. And so even our role uh, in terms of playing a critical advocate to into the community to highlight where the missed opportunities are and where we could do more. And I think that hopefully will will have uh, will be will demonstrate also will create a bit more outcome focus. Well, when I look at DBPA's theory of change, I feel like it does address some of those gaps, and I I know that it's it's a major focus of. 2022's annual report. I'm wondering if you can give some background on how the new theory of change took shape within our organization. Maybe just a peek behind the curtain. What was what was the process like? Um, very interesting because EVPA is at the eve of uh, uh, its 20th anniversary that we'll celebrate uh, next year. And as an infrastructure, network, market builder uh, organization, I think we have the duty to constantly challenge ourselves uh, and check, okay, do, are we still how are we doing versus our original vision and missions? Are we still creating a value? Is there a need? Is there still a need for something? that looks like EVPA. Um, and we were all ready to, uh, with the board, with the team, with some of the members that we uh, check in with on a yearly basis, so to say, okay, how are we doing now, nearly 20 years after our, uh, found, like after we were founded, and what's, what's coming next? What are the next five, 10 years of horizon? And so with the board, we embarked in a little bit of a strategic uh, thinking of uh, with the board, with our evaluator that has been supporting us for the last 10 years, a little bit of uh, a soul searching and say, okay, our mission 18 years ago was to create the venture philanthropy market in Europe, to create this space between the purpose and the investment practices. What's, where are we today? Is it still very much a needed area? Um, and why we all recognized that it's still very much needed in terms of still a lot of funding needs are in that space. We also realized that now it's time to accelerate. So rather than focusing on building one part of the ecosystem, we should also try to reorient the whole system and accelerate the, the, the impact from the continuum of capital, because if we don't mobilize funding from both sides of the spectrum, then our space will continue to starve for resources and then will undermine the ability to deliver impact. So that was a little bit the genesis and we kind of, we came out from discussion. I think we, we built on members input, on board workshop and with the team then worked out, okay, what is a realistic and feasible strategy that we could embrace for the next phase. And are you happy with it? I am. It's a bit daunting. In the, I have to be completely honest in the sense that uh, we are leapfrogging ourselves and we have embraced a very ambitious uh, 
agenda uh, thing. Even, I mean, people will have seen or will have, will, will read like, you know, this amazing market building effort that we also started in Middle East and North Africa, Eastern Partnership. I mean, we are, we have really broadening our lens to leave no stone unturned for impact, right? So we are really trying to to do whatever is in within our realm. So I'm very excited. I think this is um, an amazing challenge and it's very much needed. So I, I think it's, uh, it is ambitious and so we need the support of the all community, uh, regulator, policymaker, our partners at the EU, um, our team to, to truly make the difference uh, without losing our focus that is investing for impact and with an impact integrity lens that nowadays is very much needed. Indeed. Well, I'm wondering, are there any shifts in EVPA's own culture that you'd like to see continue? Yes, uh, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the theory of change is not just a piece of paper or a beautiful plan and roadmap. I think in order to deliver that, this is a, a very high touch sport, right? And is, is, uh, is really passion, minds, people, like energy, commitment. So I think we as a team, have had and are starting and will have to continue embracing these shift from enabler to critical thinker, accelerator, to the kind of annoying kid in the corner that keeps probing for more and keep pushing for more, right? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, John, like, and so it's a, it's a fine line, uh, but this kind of outcome orientation, this critical thinking, this uh, uh, closeness and proximity to the market, to, to the members, so to the policymaker is something we need more and more. Um, and they just started. Indeed, yeah. And I mean, look, if you, the annual report will be coming out very soon and everybody can read about some of these things that are already bleeding into this year and already off to quite a start. Here we are in quarter one of 2023. So where we're sitting now, what are some of the trends that you're watching closely? Um, a year later, I think I'm very saddened and think that we're still dealing with wars and conflicts and more and more. I mean, what took us all by shock last year uh, now is becoming, you know, whether it's the war in Sudan, whether it's the friction between South Korea and North Korea. I mean, it's the whole world global situation is, is a minefield of conflict and my worry uh, the trend that I'm observing, I really hope that uh, this doesn't become a distraction for and a, a kind of a, an opportunity to step back on the progress that uh, we as a world citizen are trying to make in terms of towards a more prosperous, just, fair, green society, right? Because uh, I, I feel like this can backtrack us 
by a decade and we don't need that. We absolutely don't need it. Without mentioning the financial market instability that with banks wobbling inflation that again can provide another excuse, another opportunity for players in the private sector to cut budget, to go back to thinking that input is a nice to have only for time where there is growth and a lot of money circulating in the economy. As soon as the game gets tougher, the risk is that people start cutting that type of investment. So these uh, these, these are trends. European elections next year, that's another thing. I mean, political, how, how is the European uh, MEPs and so on, how are they going to continue putting a just and fair transition at the top of the agenda countries that are dealing with inflation, cost of living crisis, uh, energy crisis, and so on. How can you still make sure that the just and green transition is not a nice thing on top, but is part of the solution, right? And is embedded in the solution. So these are the trends that I'm watching closely, and I hope that we can play uh, a role in keeping a narrative focus on, on what is important. So I count on my team, my members, my partner to be able to do that um, all together. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense that those are the trends that, that you're watching. But I, I'm also wondering, just maybe in a, in a narrower lens within the impact ecosystem in Europe, like what have you noticed any any positive trends or any uh, any innovations that you're tracking and and seeking to replicate? Um, I so there is a lot of a lot going on in the impact ecosystem. There are a lot of new vehicles. There are uh, organizations like impact funds that are setting up new funds and new funds of funds, uh, new collaborations with foundations or new instruments to de-risk some of the investment in the space and trying to, and I've noticed also a big relentless focus from players like EIF and EIB to make sure that more new funding percolates into the impact uh, ecosystem um, i wouldn't be able to point to, to one major silver bullet in this space uh, there is a lot going on and i think uh, there is a lot of willingness also from larger financial institutions to to bring more funding with a lens of impact um, that's i would say more big capital coming into the space, but without diluting the, the, the concept of impact and philanthropy and foundations playing a bigger role uh, to the table because they, they can bring a lot of competences, a lot of focus so that they, the financial sector doesn't have. So I see a convergence towards the middle of uh, the spectrum. Um, and I hope that uh, that the silo can be broken even further to foster collaboration, co-funding opportunities. Indeed. Yeah. And I think that, well, because EVPA engages with so many of these different stakeholders, uh, 
an annual report like ours can often read like, oh, you know, it, it covers a lot of different different corners of the ecosystem in, in a fairly in-depth way. So, you know, this, this again, is my recommendation to go read it. Yes. But maybe from you, Roberta, <laughs> who, should, who should read it and why? I think anyone that is interested in, uh, in impact and what is going on in the world of impact should read it to have, if nothing else, a good overview of the amazing momentum, vibrancy, positive examples that are uh, going on in the ecosystem. But maybe what I would encourage is to get in touch um, because annual report can only do so much, I think, in terms of explaining, in terms of giving the flavor. And if people are completely new to the space, they probably would feel even a bit overwhelmed. So I, I would say I would use this as a teaser for people in the community to get a sense of where we are heading, but not, not to excitate, to get in touch with me, with anyone in the team, to learn more, to get to know more, opportunity to get engaged, opportunity to, to work with us on this. Yes, indeed. And in the show notes of this episode, we will list our ways to get in touch. And we hope to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on Impact People, Roberta. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot for your time and for the questions. Thanks, Ben. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this special episode of Impact People. Our 22 thrilling tales of impact are just a click away. You'll find the link in the show notes. Special thanks to Roberta and to some of the people who came together to make this report beautiful. Dragon, Caro, and Daniil. See you next time, Impact People.